Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You got the big three. You got Pat. I'm Drew. This is Tim. And this is Imperfect Basketball. In today's episode, uh, it's going to be about the season awards, uh, the predictions that we have uh, in into the season. Uh, obviously, we had it in the beginning of the season where a lot of us were dead wrong on our thoughts and uh, some unexpected things happening, obviously. It's really hard to choose for your most improved, but we're going to be going over coach of the year first and executive of the year, sixth man of the year, most improved player, defensive player, rookie of the year, and to finish it off, most valuable player. And we're going to start out with the coach of the year. Tim, do you want to go first? Yeah, I can take this one. Um, so... With the crazy NBA season that we've had already, there's a lot of there's a lot of very quality coaches out there, and there's just a, a small number as to who we can really consider this year, in my opinion, as real coaches of the year. And you can shout out a number of them. Obviously, there's a number of teams that are on the fringe of the playoff race or towards the end of their conference where some of these coaches are keeping these guys in it to win it they're keeping them engaged they're keeping them wanting to get out there and play and so you love to see it i think that the league is in a very good spot coaching wise now i don't know if any of you guys are really going to see this one coming but in my opinion the coach of the year should go to nick nurse why you ask nick nurse has put on a show in toronto for one and one reason only. And I think it's a pretty glaring understanding as to why. I mean, they lost Kawhi Leonard, and they're still second in the East. And they still post big numbers. They still play as a team. It's like they haven't missed a step. They're more cohesive, it feels like, as an entire unit as they were last year, where it seemed like they were relying on Kawhi and everyone just filled their roles. He's been an integral part to them molding their way to the number two seed, and that's with the 58-24 and 24 record. So, obviously, they're still in the second seed because the Celtics have fallen off a little bit in the past couple of weeks due to injuries. They're not going to catch the box, but for them to be in the number two seed without Kawhi Leonard in the East with the way some of these teams are playing and to never really be blown out of games, to always be there contending, it's, it's really fun to watch. I would say a close second, in my opinion, would be Eric Spolstra. And then, you know, you round out the top three and uh, man, it's it's hard to really say. It's there's so many good coaches out there, but again, I think it's Nick Nurse. I think it's Eric Sprostra, and then you got to give it to Mike Boldenhoser, just the way he has the the Bucks playing. I don't have Brad Stevens in the top three. I think he rounds out the top five. I think there are some things that he could work on. I think what Eric Sprostra is doing, especially in Miami, is pretty interesting. Uh, to have a guy like Jimmy Butler come in house with all the rumors swirling about how bad of a teammate he is, what type of guy he is, how he's all about himself. He basically put him in a position to where now he's playing for the team. He's brought Bam Adebayo along. He gives these younger guys minutes, and he knows where to put his players in particular to where they can shine. So if you guys catch me on that, it's he's putting these players in a position to win for themselves and to win as a team. So... I'm giving it to Nick Nurse based off the success that the Raptors have. Like I said, then you've got Mr. Eric Spolstra, and then you round up the top three, Mike Budenholzer, because like 
I mean, the Bucks are playing unreal. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys have really anything to push towards that. I feel like Drew and Pat, you guys are kind of coming a little bit of a different way. But tell me you're not shocked, right? You guys, you guys didn't see Nick Nurse coming, did you? I obviously did not, but I did know one thing and one thing only, and that would mean you were not going to have the same one. No. It, it, this would be no fun if we agreed. I know, and I have a feeling that me and Drew are going to agree anyways, so I'll pass that along to Drew. But before that, it is a good point that you did bring him up, but at the end of it, you better hope that the Raptors stay at number two. They're not that far away from the Celtics right now, so because of that, uh, and the Celtics catch up and they get that number two spot, it doesn't really look that good for uh, Nick Nurse to win Coach of the Year. But I'll pass it over to Drew right now because I'm curious if you have the same one as me or not. I'm going to go with the person that's uh, been the head coach of four championship teams. He's been the coach of the year before. And he's won, no, five championships. It's Nick Nurse. Two British League championships. <laughs> two D-League Drew, championships. I love what you just did right there. That was pretty awesome. NBA D-League coach of the year. NBA coach champion a champion in the nba he won two they won the belgian cup and the belgian super cup i don't know what they are but no matter where this dude goes he has been great he went from northern iowa he's coached teams called the derby rams he's coached the birmingham bullets the Telendis ustendi like the manchester giants london towers like what in the world is this guy doing brighton bears like this, this dude just went from is he went off everywhere hilarious. he goes I cannot believe this. I I've never seen both of you guys agree on something. I just and I've never been the odd man out on this. He has had so many injuries. Pascal, uh, Rand Fleet. He has Kyle Lowry, who all of us don't really like, but we admit he's good. But he's been their best player. Ibaka's been out. Gasol's been out. Even when Gasol's played, he hasn't been great. He's had Anobi be out. Look, and this I, dude is two seed. And they clinched the playoffs one of like already. Well, I mean, the Bucks did it first. Yeah, well, they so did I'm it second. I'm still going to go with the Bucks, coach. You don't my, even know his name. Mike Boone knows it. All right, Come all right. on, bro. No, I'm playing, I'm playing. That's, that's his But does he have five championships throughout his career? Has he coached no, but he's the learned, Udus, he's learned Has from, he coached the uh, Ustendis before? No, but he's learned from Pop for years. Oh, yeah. All right, from, from not, he was there from 96 as assistant coach all the way to 2013. All right, the man has learned a lot. He was his first year as head coach with Atlanta. You know, they were 38 and, and 44. Not not a great record. But by the second year, they were 60 and 22. All right. And that was, you know, last year when he was a Bucks coach. He was, and that was his first year with that. He was, uh, he was 60 and 22 with that as well. And this year right now, he's about to break that record. And it's going to be his all-time best season. And what better way than to also win Coach of the Year with that? I mean, the fact that the Raptors are still close with Miami and Boston in that mixture, they're not really guaranteed that second-seed spot still. And because of that, I'm not going to give credit to Coach of the Year for a mediocre season. Yeah, I'm just going to say, Nick Nurse, mediocre. Nick Nurse is willing to stick things through. This guy put in work his whole career. He's a Chicago Cubs fan, a lifelong. This dude went through some stuff. He went through that like uh, guy that caught it from uh, the player trying to jump into the stands, the baseball reference for Tim. I'm not going to even give you the guy's name because you should know it. 
Look, I don't want to call him out too because like he got so much hate. There's yeah. no need to say his name anymore. Listen, I so first off, I want to go back and amend something that I mentioned earlier. Uh, doing my research, I had wrote down last year's final record for the Raptors. So I apologize, they don't have 58 wins just yet. But where they are now, I mean, they were projected around 48 to 50 wins. They're already at 44. They lose a guy like Kawhi Leonard, then you lose your sharpshooter in Danny Green. You got to find a way to not only fill these gaps, but do it with the guys that have been there. And Fred Van Vliet, he's got this guy playing on a completely different level. He's been handling the whole Marcus All thing pretty normally. I mean, Marcus All is not producing at a clip that we're used to him producing, so that's interesting. But dude, you lose Kawhi Leonard, and you're still second in the East behind a team that's just having some type of incredible year, and you still played the Bucks. Like you also have Siakam. You also have out a young Siakam that's he's been out all year though. Improve, though. He's been out all year. There's a reason this man's won five championships in his lifetime and Super Cups and the Cup. I don't know what Dude, it is, but he's 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 a he's a special coach. We're seeing we're seeing a, a special coach arise to the ranks, and you might hate on him. That's fine. You can hate all you want. Nick Nurse, you, you seem to hate on greatness a lot, and I don't understand. But that's hilarious. You know how much I de- defend LeBron James nowadays. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is like, yeah, he is a great coach, but. Not coach of the year for this year. Maybe next year. I mean, Mike Budenholzer, dude. Yeah, he's... This is... He's, it's going to be his all-time... Has, it's going to be his all-time best regular season record. Yeah, but he's got Giannis. Like, Nick Nurse is doing dude, this he, without He basically Kawhi. only has Giannis. Dude, Chris Middleton. What, are you playing Middleton on it? He's playing on a different level. Don't throw hate on Chris Middleton's name right now like you're about to. Don't do it. Chris Middleton deserves some respect with the way he's been playing this year. And he's he's stayed healthy. He has stayed healthy. This is exactly what the Bucks are if Chris Middleton stays healthy for extensive periods of time without him missing game after game or playing one game and then missing three. He's getting he's getting contributions from a bunch of different guys that are producing. Yeah, but dude, yo, I'm sorry. All right. I have and a Budenholzer comment. This is him. this is all this is all obviously opinionated, so like I just But if we're really going to compare all-stars, for example, I mean, you're looking at like somebody like Kyle Lowry and, and Siakam. That's like that's a good duo to have. All right? You're talking about... How many times did you want him traded just this year? Lowry, how many trade scenarios did we make just for Kyle Lowry? Yeah, because he's good. He's good. Come on, bro. Eric Bledsoe's good, value. too. There's value. To Eric Bledsoe's good, too. And Middleton's good. And Bledsoe, Giannis is Bledsoe's amazing. Bledsoe's all right, but... Lowry's way better. Come on now. Middleton, even, Middleton is on the same level. The two. Also, Middleton the same level as who? Lowry, almost. No. Almost. No. In the playoffs, though. In the playoffs. I don't believe in Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, still. All right, well, still I, don't believe in him there. All right, that's fine. On yeah. offense. On defense, sure. And Passing, that, sure. Offense, no. Nah. <laughs> and then that's going to be your coach of the year if yeah, Lowry can't perform. Can I, can I ask you something? What were your expectations for the Raptors coming into the season? They're honestly where they are now. You cannot sit there and tell me you're smiling. (laughs) People that can't watch, he is smiling because he knows he did not think the Raptors would be even in the top. What seed did you have them at? At the beginning of the year, what was their final seeding for you? You had them like six. Uh, Don't lie. Don't. I got six. I did have them like six. I got six. And they're second with forty-eight or forty-four wins, dude. And and. Mike Budenholzer won last year when the Bucs won 60 games. Yeah. They won 60 games last year. He's not doing anything different than he did this year. He's about to turn it to 69. Yeah, it's Giannis. Nah, it's just Giannis is going to turn it to 69. Oh, bro. 
Yo, yo, if uh, Wooden Hall is a great cult. She was with Atlanta, right? When they had that run with Forford and all them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, Nick but Nurse nobody... is doing now. And that's when he was how, considered. How, how are they doing that right now? The equation of the they best, don't have a star. The they don't have a superstar player. They have a couple. They have a solid team, and he's brought them to the two seed. That's what Atlanta used to be. Dude, and they realistically and they're not even they're really like a four seed, bro. Think but about the major. Seed, think the about point. the no, they're not realistically a four seed. They played like compare, a two seed all year for the East. Yeah, but they had the really longest compare, winning streak this year. If you want to compare like teams and stuff, I mean, Miami had they didn't have Butler for a little bit in the beginning of the season. There's a bunch of like random injuries that happened there too. And then you look at the same thing with the Celtics. Those those in my opinion are still two better teams. I think the Raptors can still possibly fall to three or four. I'll just say three though. But the the number of injuries that they've had all year as well like they haven't had a full team for a lot of the year. I mean, you guys got you got guys like Fred VanVleet who's been almost I mean, they, in and out. He's keeping Lowry. Couldn't you say the same thing with the Clippers? Well, the Clippers Paul team, George they're back up their Kawhi bench. Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard hasn't been hurt. It's just been Paul George. The only guy Kawhi who's Leonard's actually not doing back to backs. Yeah, but that's because he gets hurt easily. That's not because he is hurt. Everybody knows. Right, but I'm, saying, but I'm also saying that they're not, you know, they're not at a full roster team. So yeah. why is there any love for Docker? Neither are the Celtics, but the Celtics never have. A, we've had like they and have. I've been saying these, you're I've talking been about teams that. that have legit superstars. The Raptors don't have a legit superstar. You can say no. what you want about Siakam, Siakam's but he's nice. not a legit he is, superstar. He is. Yo, wait, wait, wait. Are you so trying you're to saying, put are you saying, are you Pascal saying? Siakam in the NBA superstar category right now? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Because there's a lot of people that are just nice, but they're not Kawhi Leonard nice. They're not. No, he's not. Yeah, that's another tier below. That's, yeah, that's, that's a tier below. Yeah, but that's still higher than a Siakam. Way higher than a Siakam. Isn't that helping this I mean, point? I mean, not Siakam, yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> Middleton, Middleton. So what, Middleton's? I'm not talking he's about the second, I'm, I'm, he's I'm, the second I'm, giving, I'm trying to give less credit to Middleton. Because Middleton such, is it. Such, so disrespectful. <laughs> Bro, I'm giving a lot more credit to to Budenholzer. When he wins a Belgian Cup or a Belgian Super Cup, come at me. All right, let's go to the next one, okay? I just, I mean, <laughs> even Marcus Saul's been hurt. There's been a bunch of guys that have been. Dude, Marcus Saul this year. Like, he's been hurt, but he, and when he's, when he's playing, playing, he's, he's not plays trying. like with the team. He's not trying to play like Memphis Grizzly, uh, Marcus Saul. He's playing like he did last year, which won them a championship. And and let's not forget, Nick Nurse has like single handedly revitalized Serge Ibaka's career. Yeah, he's Serge Ibaka's having a fantastic year for like Serge Ibaka. He's made a game plan for Serge Ibaka. He's turned Fred VanVleet into a legit number two or number three scorer in the league, a possible six man, and a guy that on uh, on the court without Kyle Lowry on there, all the keys in the world to drive that offense. He keeps he's keeping Kyle Lowry in it, which. Kyle Lowry's a different dog. It's just his mentality. He's 33 years old, though. He's kept that guy healthy. He's kept him on the court as a leader. This guy, and he's he's a, he's a media specialist, too. So, I mean, this award does come down mostly to the media. So, Look, if the record still is close with the Celtics and stuff like that, I just can't give If they credit. finish in the top three, like, that is far, far, far and away the best coaching job in the league without a legit I superstar mean, on your team. Last year, didn't uh, Giannis say he was at like 60 or 70% of his potential? So maybe he bumped up another 5%, and that's why their winning percentage is going to bump up another 5%. Look, all I'm saying is, all right, yeah, right now they're they're in the top three for records, but it's not by that much. Me and Drew just high five. It's, it's, not, it's still not by that much. All right, guys. We're going to the next one. What do we think? Pat likes to say executive 
he threw me and Drew for a little of a, a little bit of a head twirl there because we were thinking GM, which apparently it's all the same. So that's great. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Top GM of the league is where we're gonna go here, and seeing okay. as Pat's on fire right now, Pat, <laughs> why don't you why don't you two step your way into this one? Let's see who you got. All right. Well, so mine isn't a, a team that is you know even top five in their uh, conference right now, uh, but they are in the West. The West is still very difficult. They're fighting their way to that number five spot right now, and that's. Uh, Sam Presti, Sam Presti, the OKC GM. Uh, I mean, they traded Paul George, obviously. That whole situation got them to get SGA. They still have the respect for Westbrook to put him on a good team, and they end up putting him in Houston with James Harden, and they got Chris Paul out of it. And a lot of people had that low expectation for Oklahoma City. They wouldn't make the playoffs. And out of nowhere, they've been shocking the world with their whole new roster and how well they're doing. And because the Western Conference is also a lot more tougher, and, you know, they silence a lot of doubters, including myself. I mean, I think that this man actually deserves this award. So I'm going with Sam Presti for GM of the league. All right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't hate that. I think that Sam Presti's done a fantastic job, I think, with the way the record has spelled out and how well they're playing and how he's actually been able to hone in Chris Paul. has been great. I don't expect Chris Paul to be there much longer after the season, so we'll see what happens there. But my jam of the year took the trophy after the trade deadline, and that was Mr. Pat Riley. Pat Riley has put this Heat team in a position to where they traded guys that have somewhat been there that had a good season here or there but just wasn't fitting anything the Heat were trying to do. And Dion Waiters, obviously. Then we got Justice Winslow out of Miami. And then we talk about a guy like James Johnson who showed some type of grit and tenacity with the team over the last couple of years. And it seems... Towards the end of the last season into this one, he's just he hasn't been the same. So you're able to get rid of those three guys, and you're able to bring in two guys like Andre Iguodala and Jay, Jay Crowder, guys with playoff pedigree, Andre Iguodala with uh, championship pedigree, guys who played with superstars in the past or in, in difficult situations, obviously with Crowder in Boston for a number of years, and him being a part of a special run with IT on the team, Andre Iguodala, going from a guy who had his own team in Philly down to Golden State to where he played an integral, if not one of the more important roles for the Golden State Warriors within their NBA championship run. So I think that Jay Crowder was probably the best get for them. Obviously, Andre Iguodala is a big get. Then you add Solomon Hill, who's just a veteran guy who just you know is there. But what this team has done in surrounding Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo with studded talent. I mean, you look at Tyler Harrow. That guy was a highly touted prospect. And this goes to Eric Spolster as well. Him and Pat Riley have put Tyler Harrow in the right position. You talk about about a guy like Duncan Robinson. They've turned this guy into a legit three-point sharpshoot specialist. This kid is one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooter in the league this year. This is a kid who's coming out of Michigan who was 
a very talented prospect at Michigan, but was not known for the first year of his collegiate career. Uh, where he, I forget what the school was that he went to, but he wasn't in Division One school. I'll tell you that he wasn't even a he wasn't even a prospect for most Division One colleges, if any. So they're doing something special in Miami. I think Miami makes a run to the Eastern Conference Finals with the way they've been playing. I hope it's against the Celtics. We'll see. But because of the reasons that I just listed and for the reasons that will continue to play out the rest of this year into the playoffs and potentially in the playoffs, as long as the Miami Heat, Miami Heat stay healthy, Pat Riley has put them in a position to actually go and contend for a championship, which is weird for me to say, but that to me puts him over the top of GM of the year this year. That's funny because I, I had to choose between the two and... See, at Presti, I mean, you could give it to either guy. I really, I'm interested to see what Drew says because I don't think that there's a, a clear wrong, number yeah. three. Yeah, I really I don't. I mean, you could talk. I don't even know his name, honestly, to tell you the truth. I've never, I, I don't know many GMs in the league besides the ones that are really talked about in the mainstream media. But whoever was in, whoever was in Utah at the beginning of the year and in the offseason that they had, I mean, you could contend that too because they're a top four, top five team in the West. But And then there's obviously Jerry West, so on and so forth. But no. I don't want to. Take Drew's uh, spotlight here. Drew, what do we got from you? Uh, personally, I was leaning towards Pat Riley, so I'm just, you made all the points. I can't really add to it. Like Duncan Robinson, every single thing he named was perfect, so I'm just going to give some uh, credit to Lawrence Frank for the trades he got. You got Marcus Morris. He has added Reggie Jackson. Like, it's not really necessarily him that's getting the people to sign, like Reggie Jackson, but, like, it's just the team, Kawhi, that they want to be there. Wait, is that your... No, I, I liked Pat Riley, but I'm going to give him some credit. Yeah, he turned that team. He doesn't ever let his team die. They always say every blow up the team, blow up the team, blow up the team. He's like, nah, I'm going to rebuild this with what I have. I'm just going to keep whatever I have here. I know what to add. I'm going to make it. And he's built a team. His team never actually dies out. But even in recent drafts, it's just what Pat Riley, uh, not what, who Pat Riley's brought in through the draft and the type of development him and Spolstra have put these players through. It's pretty incredible when you watch a guy like Bam Adebayo play and these first first year player guys uh, like Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson. Guys like that who are really proving themselves in the league right now and I think it's I think it's a it's a great thing to see and I don't think Pat's wrong in saying Sam Presti, but my vote goes to Pat Riley. Yeah, it can really go either direction on that, but surprisingly again, Drew, you are not on my side. Wow. Yeah. Because things have changed lately, huh? Only a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean He's going with the guy with the best opinion, so. Oh! Okay. All right, let's go into sixth man of the year. Hey, Povey, hit that ring bell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> sixth man of the year. Drew, how about you start this one up? Uh, let's see. Sixth man, sixth man. Uh, sixth man. I'm going to have to throw this one to Tim for one second because I was going to get that ready. I want to get the oh, couple okay. things ready. All right, fine. I have That's it ready, fine. but I want to look up a couple things. Drew's, Drew's picking between a couple different guys here. So. Yeah, he's just waiting to see what Tim chooses. And yeah. then says, hey, Tim, <laughs> wow, what are the odds? It's all right, it's all right Drew. You're following, <laughs> you're, following in, you're following in the footsteps of greatness. But I don't know about that. I'm going to go Dennis Schroeder. Dennis you're Schroeder. Lying. Is playing Drew just showed me unbelievable his right now, and he just showed me Dennis Schroeder. As in, you guys are the same people now. Yep. I mean, he is unreal. The guy shoots right. I am right. Drew <laughs> should pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's what you're saying. So I think that when you look at what Dennis Schroeder has done throughout his career, he's always been somewhat of a six man from Atlanta all the way down now to what we've got here in Oklahoma City. And obviously there was talk about the Lakers acquiring him. He was a, a heavy trade piece for a lot of people that wanted to pick him up. When you look at a team like the Celtics, they could even use his scoring coming off the bench. There's a lot of people that could use a guy like Dennis Schroeder. And in a, on a team where they have a young guard that they want to eventually take the reins in, in Shea Gillies-Alexander, love that kid. That kid is going to be a stud going forward. Then you got a guy like Chris Paul, the general, the ultimate point guard, the guy who's been doing it year in, year out, stays consistent. Then you got a guy like Schroeder who is not only averaging great numbers, the guy is shooting at a high clip. He's at 53, uh, sorry, he's at 46% from the field. He's a little under 40% from three. He's hitting his free throws. He's averaging 18 points a game, which his career is 14. He's getting four assists in there. I mean, the guy is playing very, very well and running a team. Look, if, if for some reason Chris Paul goes down with an injury towards the end of the year, like he always tends to do, they have Schroeder and Che Gillies-Alexander there. That bodes well for the Thunder. I'm not saying that they're going to win more than one or two series or anything like that, but this guy is a gamer. He loves to play the game of basketball. He likes to get into people's heads. He, he plays good defense. I'm not going to say he plays great defense, but he plays good defense, and he's really bringing that team together. And we talked about a team like the Raptors. This team kind of emulates the Raptors within the West. Obviously a lesser record, but you got a bunch of guys on that team. I'm seeing Kyle Singler. I didn't even know that guy was still in the NBA. But He's in the NBA? What team is he on? The Thunder. Oh, um, really? Still? But, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. I mean, they, they got Hamadou Diallo, who I like out of Kentucky. I mean, just a decent role player. Yeah. But they've got a, a good amount of guards where he's coming in and he's making a name for himself and he's just playing well. And some of his games that he's played against some of these top-tier teams, he's playing well. I mean, he's he in a losing effort a couple of weeks or about a month back, I mean, he put up 30 points against the the Lakers. So he's he's having big games when he needs to. And that's why I have him as the sixth man on the sixth man of yeah, the year. Yeah, he also has the highest usage rate on the team, which means like he's always having the ball. He's like has the third most minutes played on the team by he's three hundred minutes ahead of Gallinari, who's fourth for minutes played on the team. He's literally like playing a monitor role for their team, where he's the third guy, yeah. but he's coming off the bench. He's third in points on the team. Wait, yeah, he's third in points. He's the highest in usage percentage. That says a lot, though. It does. But. Yeah, t- I was literally like trying to just find the usage percentage stat to see if he was still first. I was like, right, Tim, take this for a second. I didn't think you'd pick him. And then I was going with Lou Will and Harold. They're both but see, stuck together, so I couldn't Lou pick Will one. Lou Will and Harold, they're like more like role players like right now than they are. Like it just like I don't think the Sixers have a clear six man off the bench. You mean uh, Clippers? Clippers, thank you. Um, um, I don't think they have. I, a clear I do six know what you mean with bench. that because it is hard to choose. Yeah, between and the two. there's there's a number of different players out there too. I mean, but I mean. I'm personally still gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Trez on it. They both do average. Lou Will and him, uh, they both do average about like 18 a game. So it's kind of difficult to know who is that, who is that sixth man. But uh, Trez in his presence on the defensive end as well is very big for them. Losing Trez, uh, that bench is significantly weaker uh, versus losing Lou Will. So. Me personally, I think that Trez should be the one that should be six man of the year. I also look at the Clippers and their record and stuff like that. Yes, they have a strong bench, but I feel like the leader of that bench is uh, Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, I think when you come to a guy like Lou Will too, it's just his name is 
it's so well known. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but we I could gotta also, put him there, but I could also see Lou Will. Lou Will's like the ultimate team guy, so he wouldn't even be mad if his own teammate won six million of the year. And I feel like it's almost in a way like passing the torch, where Lou Will's still fine being that role player. That basically is like being a six man, yeah. But I mean, it's really more Trez that's that six man right now. Plus, Lou Will has started a few more games than um, than Harold. I think he started about eight games. <coughs> while Excuse me. Trez only started like two games. So, again, we disagree. So, uh, yeah. I guess people change. <laughs> Tables turn, bridges burn. I was gonna burn. pick one of them, but then I was like, yeah, I can't pick between them. It was it was difficult. I can't take between was, them. When I was like researching it, and what made it what made it easier was just understanding the roles that they have. And Lou Will's just like go on the court and just get buckets. While while Trez, it's like he is scoring the same amount, but he's doing a little bit more. And it's just a it's a different presence out there uh, when you have Trez out there too. So now we're going into most improved player. And I'm going to go first because, well... You want to take the obvious one from us? Yes, exactly that. All right, go for it. Obviously, I'm going with B.I. All right, he's been consistently doing what he's doing, and that's averaging about 24 points a game. Looking at how the Pelicans were before Zion to how the Pelicans are now, you, you would think that it would slow down B.I., but it turns out that he still actually consistently... Scoring about 24 a game and really has made a name out there for himself. And he he's a great scorer. He's finally living up to that hype. And comparing him to last year with the Lakers, it was a little bit difficult for him. And, you know, people had their talks that he wasn't working well with LeBron, but then he started to actually get it down. And then he got injured and... And nobody knew whether or not he would still be as good as he is right now. And he's clearly showing that it's beyond a lot of our expectations. So I'm going with B.I. on this one. I, I'm i trying to stay away from Jason Tatum because obviously with the way he's been playing, I think that will, if he continues that, that will give him the edge over everybody. But I'm going my vote with Bam Adebayo. I think that especially recently with that game against the Bucks, where the Heat were able to top them in Miami, what he did with Giannis was pretty special. I think averaging 16.1 in, in 10 rebounds doesn't tell the entire story. I think without Bam Adebayo, the Heat are not even in the playoffs, to tell you the truth. I don't think that there's another center you could plug in place on this team realistically, besides like some of the top ones that are obviously not a choice for the Heat if Bam wasn't there, but without Bam there, uh, there's no real tone set. He's seventh in the league in, in rebounding, or sorry, eighth in the league. He started all two, all 62 games this year as opposed to the 28 he did last year. I mean, he went from a question mark and a potential failed draft pick to now one of the best defensive centers in the league, and it's it's. Imp- Impressive to see what he's doing. I think, like I said, he anchors that team. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's there, but you don't hear Jimmy Butler's name on a night-in-night basis. You hear him most nights, but not every night. You hear Bam Adebayo every single night. And against big-time competition, uh, he recently scored a season-high 30 and, uh, and had 11 points against the 
the Hawks. I mean, it's it's pretty rebounds. impressive what he's doing. Eleven rebounds, yeah. So, I like Bam. One because of his name. Two because he's a Kentucky product. And three, he has taken his game to a whole nother level this year, especially coming into this year with so many question marks based on health and whether or not he was going to be somewhat of a bust. And he's not. He's here to stay. All right, so before the season started, my pick was Bam. I had no clue on Ingram. Yeah. No one, None of us did. None of us picked Brandon Ingram to That's have true. a breakout year. Yeah. We probably should have seen at least him having a better year because, like, why not? Why yeah. would he not do that? Yeah. But I picked Bam before the year started. So you're not changing it. I uh, kind of can't change it if I picked him. And oh then he's right there. Gosh. He's going to have the little leverage over Ingram for me. I mean, he doubled his points pretty much. Uh, three more rebounds a game, over double his assists per game. And, yeah, I, he's, like, the most important player besides Jimmy Butler. Sometimes he's more important than Butler. If they want to beat Milwaukee, he is the most important player, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. Just side with Tim, it's cool. No, nah, I picked him when the season started. I can't change that. I can't backtrack. All I know if is I picked him and then he's right there, I kind of have to go with him. All I know is, though, uh, Tim, you were never going to pick B.I. anyways. No, I would have picked Brandon Ingram. I, if he I didn't think. go to Duke? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's shots fair. fired. <laughs> I mean, he didn't win anything at Duke, so it's not like it was that impressive of a career there. No, I, I love Brandon Ingram. I think that what he's doing is great. I think that he took his game to a whole nother level, but I saw him as this type of player. Uh, yeah. I don't feel that, and you see it with Kuzma, I don't feel like these guys who are young and coming into and trying to – learn the league I don't think it's best for them and this is going to sound crazy to think I know I should probably run myself off a, a ridge or something like this when I say this but these young athletic wings who are aspiring to be like LeBron should not be playing with LeBron it's not working it doesn't work they're too young they're too inexperienced he doesn't have the trust in them he puts them in situations that I don't believe that they're very ready for and Brendan Ingram has that style of Kevin Durant where it's more you know give me the ball I'm a high volume scorer I'm a high volume shooter I want the ball in space. I want to be able to get to the rim. I want to be able to draw fouls. That's LeBron. I, that You don't do that on the team with LeBron. LeBron sets you up and you do what you do. I think that's why Kevin Love's career didn't digress, but the numbers did when he went to Cleveland. I think that's why him and Kyrie ended it, ended their their uh, career together in playing, even though I can imagine how badly they LeBron still probably wants to pay with Kyrie and always will. I think that... When you look at a guy like Bam, it's just they the Miami Heat are successful because of the fact that Bam is in that starting lineup. He is literally the anchor of that team, and Brandon Ingram's team is, you know, we're not even sure if it's his team. It's it's surrounded by oh, it's, it's, Zion. It's, Zion definitely, it's definitely not his team, but that's what makes it more impressive, is that he's still capable of doing what he's been doing, even when Zion has returned, and. All the talk on Ingram right now, it's it's silent again. Everyone's just talking about Zion on that team. Because Zion has been doing so amazing. But Brandon Ingram, the fear was that Brandon Ingram's his numbers would would go down. But he's still consistently playing really well and and because of that I think that's why he deserves to win most improved. Bam out of bios, I don't really know how win shares works but he's actually 11th in win shares in the nba that's ahead of likes of like luca Kawhi, ben simmons he's ahead like his impact on the game seems to be very high on normal stats analytical stats i test every type of test he's been great yeah 
I mean, again, I guess it's another one of those two versus one type of situation. It's all right, though. It's all right. I mean, again, the reason why I like Ingram is mostly because we knew Zion when he when he stepped back on the court. We could not see would, would Ingram still consistently do what he's doing. And, and in the beginning of the year, because right off the get-go, Adebayo and Ingram have been on a tear. It's all about consistency after that. And I would not have given it to Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum in the beginning of the year was a little bit he's a little bit streaky. He just started becoming consistent right after the All Star break. And because of all of that, I would just have to say that it's pretty obvious what for most improved has to be the longevity of the year. And on overall improvement, though, he definitely took the biggest leap. Oh, as long yeah. as he can keep this going, he took the base leap from 16 points a game to a guy that can average 30 a game for a yeah. month straight. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. But then, again, that's still, like, one little point. Yeah, and he is going to go from, like, 16 a game up to, like, 24, 25 maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, that's Probably true. Probably 24-something yeah. by the end of the year. Yeah. All right, it's just, like, you got to still pay attention to the whole season type of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's why... You know, you have to give credit more to Adebayo or Brandon Ingram, where, again, I don't really see that being one wrong answer or another. Um, but overall, I think it's best to try to go into the next so, one. So uh, Carmelo's not most improved from not being on a roster and being blacklisted to uh, being on a roster? I'm just messing with you. <laughs> We've got one very important candidate for most improved player of the year, and that's Brad Wanamaker. Oh, Brad Wanamaker. That so we're going to go into defensive the player yesterday. of the year now. I did it. Because of that. Brad Wanamaker. I don't want to hear it. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. So, you guys going to agree again, or someone going to actually have a different opinion? Drew, do you want to go first, just in case we do agree? I think uh, Pat should go first again. Oh, yeah. Let's All see. right, look. <laughs> uh, knowing, knowing Tim, he's probably going to go with Marcus Smart. And he nodded and said yes. Uh, I'm not going into that route. I'm actually going into Anthony Davis. I think that Not going to go back? No. Damn. Uh, he, Rudy Gobert, the GOAT. <laughs> Tim, not today. Not today. I know. He played pretty well against the Celtics the other night. It hurt me too, but... <laughs> he's, he, Rudy Gobert is a great player. Uh, I was looking at his numbers, though. I mean, again, he's, he's great, but when you also look at the numbers-wise, Anthony Davis, he's always consistent on this, and you know he averages 1.5 steals, and it's 2.5 blocks a game. And I kind of, you know, looking at the numbers and stuff like that, he is a great two-way player, but he cannot be ignored for his defense when it's when it's out there. I mean, I got to give him a lot of credit for that. And if you look at the Lakers and, and their seeding, I mean, you got to give a lot of the credit to just how well his defensive presence is. And so, again, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis on this. Keep it nice, short, think, simple, uh, and sweet. Hmm. Do you think Davis is the best defender in the NBA or just this season? Or do you think I'm the likes of like Kawhi season, or other types are better? Do you mm. think he is the best defender though? Just as a curiosity. I mean, I mean if you look at it, you gotta you gotta look at like, you know, the amount of games, stuff like that. Um obviously he's missed just a few he didn't play every single game, obviously. Uh but you look at Kawhi, Kawhi has missed a good amount of games, which also hurts him. He's not doing back to back, stuff like that. That you can't give any credit to him. Uh, Paul George is a little bit more disappointing this season, but they're but they're also still great defenders. So I'm just giving credit to, you know, I'm looking at kind of like the high 
the high seeds and stuff like that, and he deserves credit on that part of it. And I'm not going to, you know, ignore Marcus Smart and stuff like that, but Tim, I already know you're going to give love to him. So I want to shout out a little bit of uh, Jason Tatum in the future could be a second team all defense, maybe next year. Just going to throw that out there. He has been stellar on defense without doing it in a flashy way. He does pin people occasionally. Yeah. Throw some uh, love out there for that. Drew, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and, and, and tackle this? Because I'm going to need my uh, open floor for when I when I jump up. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, this one is uh, very close between two people. And uh, I wanted to go with Davis, but I'm not always a Davis fan. I like Giannis a lot, but... Hmm. Okay, so, I, to be honest, I didn't even think that you'd even consider Anthony Davis for nah, Defensive Player of the Year. I wouldn't. Yeah. That's why I was asking if you thought he was the best defender. I'm going to go with the guy that I think is the best defender on his position right now, and I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. And Tim has left the building. I just need a stretch and contemplate. Tim has left the building. Nah, because this guy has played every single position for us this year. He's had to fill in for starting for Gordon Hayward. He's filled in for basically anybody that's been out this year. He's filled in. He's covered the one through five. He's the only guy in the NBA right now covering one through five. That's a guard. He's on another level. Dwayne Wade thinks it should go back to the Gary Payton types. And even Dwayne Wade endorsed a former player he probably hated playing. I would never give a compliment to when smart. Look, I, I like smart. But he has played. He has started thirty six games. He plays starting minutes out of out of out of the fifty. I mean, if you're already starting more than coming off the bench, I mean. All right, let's. Okay, let me let me step in here. And look, I'm just a saying, look, of, looking at his what, numbers, bro. A lot of what numbers, please. See, that's that's what you have wrong with this whole conversation is numbers. Dennis that's, Rodman did not get numbers. I don't go, People I don't, like that. I don't always do always numbers, great guys. Actually, I'm the least person yeah. that does numbers on this. And you know that. Marcus Smart does the one thing that no one else in the league is willing to really do. We don't see it. We usually see it from the guy who's on the court that's getting, like, more minutes on this night than he does on usual nights, right? And the opportunity is there. No, Marcus Smart is yearning for the next challenge day in and day out. But most importantly, he does what does not show up on the stat sheet. Folks, what we, people who respect the defense of guys like Rudy Gobert, sit there and see that there are stat sheet stuffers, which is Pat's go-to or mine. The guys who don't show up on the stat sheet, the plays that don't show up on the stat sheet, the tipped balls. Against Houston last week, he was in that little scruff off Jason Tatum's missed shot at the free throw line and tipped it out to Jalen Brown, who hit the game-winning three. A couple weeks ago, a dinged-up Smart took on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George before he went out of the game. Marcus Smart, over this year, defending bigs like Giannis and Kevin Love and Pascal Siakam, has taken those guys on and has allowed them to draw fouls on them has caused them to turn the ball over it's incredible to see what he does on a night and night basis you look at when he played against Luka Doncic 
one for five, four points, no turnovers, and that was over seven and a half minutes. You had R.J. Barrett, who was two of eight, six points, one turnover. I know R.J. Barrett's a rookie. You've got Devin Booker for four minutes, couldn't score on Marcus Smart. Buddy Heels was really the only guy that could this year, and that was just one of those nights where the shooter can't miss. Oh, he man. did not miss that game. I remember that game. Marcus was... Smart is tasked to defend anybody from the one to the five. He is the most integral part to the Celtics as a whole. Marcus Smart goes down, the Celtics are in big trouble. And this is basically Smart, and I'm reading this off NBC Sports. Marcus Smart in a nutshell, right? Against the Mavericks, he went to defend Doncic. And then, as soon as Doncic came off the floor, he then took Christos Porzingis, who ended up going 0 for 3 with a, sh- with a turnover in a minute of matchup time against Marcus Smart. I still can't. When we played That's Atlanta. That's the type of stuff that he does. He goes from the 1 to the 5, and he can, can, he can defend anybody. Anybody. Yo, I want to go back to when we played Atlanta in the playoffs a he long time ago. all the time. He plays hurt, he's hurt every time. game. When we played Atlanta a long time ago in the playoffs, Paul Millsap was destroying us. He had like 40 remember, points or 44 points entering the fourth quarter. Smart's like, put me on him. I don't care how much bigger he I is. And that was the first time, too, that he was on uh, a big man. Yeah, he shut him down. A guy that had like 40 points in like three quarters, he was like, no, nah, you're not scoring the rest of the game. Dude, when was it? I just saw this stat. 24 years ago was when the last time a guard in the NBA won Defensive Player of the Year. If He doesn't even have the size to, can like, contend from the eye but you know from the naked eye he does not have the size to contend for the defense he's blocked lebron before at the rim he's blocked jared allen the other he he, goes up at every bit he plays against anybody and he's not afraid and that's like to me what the defense of the player of the year should be it should be a guy that night in night out no matter who he's playing he messes with not necessarily their head but he gives that that single player, the toughest matchup they've had all year, and because he's going from the first from the first tip to the last shot, it's it's crazy that the motor that the guy has. It's like it's unreal. I I I know I sound like a green teamer, and I'm not throwing too many stats in here. And it's just when I watch Marcus Smart, I see how defense should be played. And every time you see a loose ball or someone bigger driving on him, you know it's a charge. He's going to try and strip it, or he's going to get that loose ball. And Anthony Davis is not a bad pick for it at all. Neither would Rudy Gobert, obviously. I mean, he should win every year. Then there are a number of other guys. Bam Bam Adebayo is definitely a guy who could win it this year. I mean, we've seen a number of different guys deserving year in and year out win it. I'd like to see Rudy Gobert win it a third time in a row, but I think that it's time to be – it's time to take Marcus Smart seriously. I mean, the way the guy draw ch- draws charges out of nowhere. He just slides in and sets his feet like that. If I had to pick one defender in the NBA to have in the playoffs, I'm going to pick Kawhi. But number two, I would pick Smart. One guy to cover any random person in the league, Kawhi's first. He covered Giannis. He can cover literally anybody, I'm pretty sure. Except maybe Joel Embiid, he can cover pretty much every person. I would even say overall game, like he's not in the top 10, but he's definitely one of the more improved players this year in the NBA too. Like he's a great teammate. He's the unquestioned leader of the Celtics. Yeah, he's getting career highs in like points, assists and everything. From a captain standpoint, dude, he's shooting at a high clip from three-point for Marcus Smart. And he's hit some big, big, big shots for the Celtics this year. And the only bad game that I've seen him play was against the Rockets in Houston, and that's because I thought the Rockets and Mike D'Antoni did a great job of scheming him and, and screening him off of James Harden and Westbrook when they had the ball. 
So he was never able to get a real shot at guarding each one of those guys. And when both of those guys are on the floor at the same time, I mean, we see it against all these teams with a small lineup. Screen, screen, screen. You know, let them run with the ball and everyone else get open. So Pat's rubbing his head. He just he looks distraught. He just can't believe that me and Drew are on the same wave that we are. But oh, that's cool. The tides have turned. Mine is just I've always liked Smart was my second pick for pl- defensive players or start the year, but my first pick was Kawhi. If I thought he was going to play, I didn't know if he was going to play. But we all should have known Kawhi played hurt and played the most minutes per game in the playoffs last year. Went to seven game series. Is like the guy was not going to be fully healthy. He wants to rest his knee. He's getting into his upper twenties. Played the most minutes, most games, everything last year. The in guy, four and a half minutes, Marcus Smart limited Giannis to five points on one of ten shooting while forcing three turnovers. And the only other guy that can do that is Kawhi. Yeah, when Kawhi's fully healthy, but Kawhi doesn't play enough games. Kawhi, to me, is the unquestioned best defender in the league. Like, it doesn't, like, he overall. Yeah, there's nobody, there's there's nobody better who, yeah. who shuts people down. But even Marcus Smart's averaging 1.7 steals per game. He's, he's, he's. He makes the other player feel ridiculously uncomfortable. And it's not just by watching Marcus Smart play, but you see it on that player. You see these guys try to get into a rhythm, and Marcus Smart solves it. Marcus Smart will foul someone hard if he needs to to get the point across. And Marcus Smart is a dog. Yo, he is dude, like a pit bull in a china shop. This dude has been hit below the belt way too many times on charges this year. Like last game, yeah. the guy's on the ground hitting the ground. Next possession, he's up and directly on the guy. Full court pressure up the half court, not letting him move. As soon as he just went down, he's like, all right, I just took a charge. Regan got hurt. All right, you're not moving. I'm pissed flopping, off. The flopping is a concern. He stopped this year, kind of. I haven't noticed it. Yeah, much. he hasn't done as much, but it is a concern. I mean, we see it a lot in I mean, he soccer. doesn't flop as we much as LeBron. In basketball, this is in Hollywood. So we don't like to see the acting. Oh, that's why LeBron's in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shots are really fire, huh, guys? Bazinga. Outside of flopping, I have no criticism of his game. But, yeah. Oh, For I LeBron, mean, I mean. I don't have a criticism. It, he's just flopped up. No, I hear you. I mean, Smart's still a good pick, guys. We'll, we'll leave it at that and let's go into the... Uh, I agree with you. No Rudy Gobert for this year. He's thinking Rudy. But. Rudy Gobert should always win. He's the best defensive center in the league. So we're going to talk about rookie of the year now. And uh, this one... Maybe it's best for me to just go first anyways. I think we all should agree on this one. Uh, well, I'm, 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 in my opinion, we're splitting. It should be split between Jaw and Zion for both of them to win it together. I don't think it, I don't think it should be split. I'm on Pat's side this time. Wow. Welcome to the winning side, Drew. How does it feel? <laughs> Feels like uh, some of the basketball. What your shirt sure has there, it's like a swish. It's like a perfect swish right there. <sighs> Something like that. The 24 right there, too. Anyways, so... The reason why, and I had to really think about this too. It's like, all right, why? It makes sense why people are going to say Zion doesn't deserve it uh, because of the amount of games that he's missed, obviously. But the moment he has started playing, he has been consistent. He's been on a tear, and he's he's unreal. And that's just to say the least. And, and yeah, Ja was there from the beginning, but Ja has had his moments where he doesn't have a good game. He's not as consistent, and yet he's still one of the best rookies. But he's not the best rookie. It is Zion. But you got to take a little bit away from Zion, and you got to take a little bit away from Ja on two different points. One, Zion, he hasn't played every game, and two, Ja, he's not consistent every game. The home game for the Celtics, where the, where Ja was playing away, Ja had probably that was probably his worst game of the season. It was disappointing. It was terrible, but there are moments when that happens. So I'm just going to say, like, it should be split. 
And I'm going to leave it at that. And Zion's extremely efficient. Like, his player efficiency rating is the 13th best in the NBA, small sample size, but, like, everything he does is efficient. He's yet to have a game. Well, he's had, like, one iffy shooting game, but that's it. But he's unreal. He impacts winning on a ridiculous level for them so far. And it's not even the first time that Rookie of the Year has been split before. It's happened before. Happened multiple times, actually. I... Don't believe it should be split because I think Zion should win it outright. Oh wow! All right. Uh, wow. <laughs> Bold move. You thought I was going. Zion. I thought you were going Zion too. No, I, I was going Zion. And I just. <laughs> you played that like it was. I, I think. Good. Look, man. He is like manhandling, grown men on the court. The guy is, ten or eleven. I think it might be eleven. It was eleven straight point. Eleven straight games with. 20 or more points. Yeah. And that's never been done in the league ever from a teenager. And it's really hard for anybody at any age or any level of the game to do that. It's not – it's almost not possible um, for a kid that young to do it the way he's doing it. And he's doing it in an efficient clip, and he's doing it without having to shoot a three. And he's hitting the majority of his free throws, and he's playing team basketball, and he's playing defense. This kid did not miss a single step – and Ja is, his game is beautiful to watch, man. It is. It's unbelievable. It is art. It really is. It's a work of art. I think that it's like, I think Ja will win it because of the fact, Pat, you said the injuries with uh, Zion and not playing the full year, but that also led Ben Simmons to winning it the year after he got drafted, which would mean he's not a rookie. I don't care when you start playing. Who is it not a rookie? Oh, they do that all the time. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, the guy had a year to just, like, bulk up and yeah. study he film went, and he practice. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron. Zion. I know. Like, toe-to-toe. Yeah. In, the, in, in the Staples Center, it didn't it didn't affect him whatsoever. He was just playing basketball. But I'm he was doing you, what he needs to do. They, nobody can ignore Zion. I mean, I, he... I hope that, like, I hate the people that say, oh, we'll get ready, you know, because you're going to only watch this for, like, two or three years. He's not going to sustain this. It's like... He's 18. This kid's 18. Like, who knows? I think they Derek, forget what it's like to be he 18. Could slim, the thing is, like, so much can happen. Like, you can slim down. I remember I remember when Adrian Peterson tore his knee, and people were like, oh, dude, this guy's done the way he runs and this and that. And look at what that guy does, like, right now. That guy is way too big to be a, a running yeah. back. That guy is – that guy you, – you see these type – you see these type of just freak athletes that come across this, each sport once in a lifetime, and it's like – this guy was meant to play basketball for a reason. I don't think whoever created this man is, and this kid's 18, and I'm calling him a man because he's a man. You might as you should call. He's him a man. not. He's not on this earth to play two or three years of good basketball and then never play again. It's no. like again, no a lot can change is, too. He is. Oh yeah, he could slim down. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at like. Oh, there's no. definitely a concern, but if like you're sitting guys like Kawhi and all these other players, I'm not calling him Kawhi just yet, but. The Pelicans, to me, with Lonzo, with Brandon Ingram, with Zion, I mean, he's just a universal player. He's a special player and everything he needs to do, and he's a lot like Marcus Smart in this argument where you don't need stats to to talk about why Marcus Smart should be the defensive player of the year. You don't need stats to talk about why Zion Williamson needs to win, uh, to win rookie Yo, year. And it I'm comes down to who is the best player out of that group. Like, who is the best overall player at playing defense on any given night? Marcus Smart this year. Who is the best rookie out there on any given night that's going to put up 15, 20, possibly 30 points? Zion Williamson. 
You know, uh, Charles Barkley, when he was uh, in college, he weighed 300 pounds. And John Moran had 300 pounds? What? Yep. Sweet Christmas. Yep, in college, uh, Barkley was 300 pounds, and that dude lost some weight, too. We, he had a long career. He was built the same, like 6'6", like massive, explosive, and didn't ruin his career. So, And he's kind of comparable. Like, is the guy going to be, like, too heavy for his weight? Is he? By the time he was in the NBA, he was 252. Like, at his lowest. He's probably back over 300 now, but, like, the dude literally lost. He was at 300, it said, and he went down to 252. They can slim down. He's 18. He can just eat better. They have personal trainer. He has millions of dollars. He's signed up Jordan. Whatever they're going to do, the Pelicans are going to make him be healthy. I think um, they fuck, they'll they have people working with him. I mean, it's going to come down to his diet and what he wants, and it seems like the kid wants to be great. So yeah. they've if been that's the on case, they've got, they've got, I mean, he they've loves, got the team. He loves I'd be more concerned about Lonzo's ball. Lonzo Ball is like long-term health than I would Zion Williamson. I just think that a lot of people get caught up in the whole, like they know everything and they hear all this stuff on TV, so they go ahead and they reiterate it. Like, oh, Zion Williams isn't going to, like, dude, if he only lasts two or three years, don't spend it trying to predict that. Spend it sitting there watching something that you could potentially tell your kids about when you're older. You know what I mean, Pete? That's why I love sports. Yeah. All the stories, all the things, all, all the all stories the that you can tell yeah. in the oh, way yeah. the, the media now pace these players and how political sports center is and all these outlets are. It's incredible where people are just taking opinions home with them and make, making and creating them their own where people forget that sports are to be ter- interpreted through the eye of the, the beholder. How you're watching it. That's why I believe Marcus Smart deserves to be the defensive player of the year because I get there are a lot of other six... 11 seven foot guys that can defend at the rim and, and play just the five and, and swat and block and hold the team from scoring but you're talking about a guy that can literally lock up anybody at any position at any given time on any given night no matter what his health status is then you go and talk about rookie of the year and you talk about a kid who is out there manhandling grown men who've been in the league for years ripping the ball out of their hands and the dude the second efforts like, that's what you want from a player who wants to be great. The way he goes after the ball off a miss we of his own or someone else. <clears throat> but we can't ignore Jaw either. Jaw's I mean, imagine. No, 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 you can't. Like, Jaw's great. He's going to be great. Like, I'm not ignoring No, no, no. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying on the, the Rookie of the Year award. I mean, to Jaw, it's just like, so I played way more games and I'm not going to win this award. And that wouldn't be. Jaw doesn't care about the award. He doesn't. And but the Grizzlies also are yeah, supposed to be should, like, us. Huh? Neither does I. I know they both really don't care, but at the same time, too, I mean, you think about how the voting system works and stuff like that. I mean, Zion, Zion's going to get his love no and, matter what. And not that I this think should, it will be split because of that. And not that this should matter, but who who would you be? Who would you, who do you want to see play the Lakers more in the first round of the playoffs? Obviously, the Pelicans. Thank well, you. Zion. Not that that like should matter, but it definitely adds to the conversation of like, if they make it to the playoffs, they made it because Zion came back. Yes. Zion single-handedly yeah. dragging and, and that's the other reason why it makes sense that Zion will will get that award, and then they're not going to ignore Jaw because of how well Jaw was doing all year long, just not consistently like most Zion. most and other big years. Jaw could win. Yeah, exactly. Except this year's that well. no, you're good. Most other years, Jaw would probably win. This guy's been on real. He's a human highlight tape, but so is Zion. Zion's 18 every game except for one, pretty much. He gets over 20 points. Goes up against the Lakers, drops thirty something on them. Like there's, it's unbelievable. It's you don't see that, that ever from an eighteen year old. That in the fact, Pat. Don't forget, I told you this, and uh, and Pat, and Drew, you're hearing it for the first time. But 
I'm calling it now. In three to four years, if Zion's still healthy playing at an even better clip that he's playing, Jackson Hayes is going to fall on his own. That's going to be the best defensive backcourt that we've seen. Front court. Front court, front court sorry. Front court. Best defensive front court that we've seen in the longest time because they're both athletic freaks. And Jackson Hayes reminds me of just a guy who – He's not. He's gonna be like a, a Gobert in a sense. I'm not calling him Rudy Gobert. I'm just no, saying no. he's gonna be a Gobert like the in a sense where the he's a defensive. Imagine trying to score down low on both those guys because they're gonna play. They're gonna play Zion at the four. I would imagine. Yeah, you, you'd have to hope one of the two good. Then you have Brandon Ingram Trump. too. You have all that Ingram, length there, if they keep him. That's yeah. a huge team. They should. They're gonna acquire somebody in this year's draft to play the two. It's a, like somewhere they need it. And they, they have Holiday. They need a sharp shooter. Yeah, Holiday. I'm sorry. Yeah, we even got. They still got Holiday. That team is gonna be, that team in, in a year, in two or three years is gonna. If as long as they still have Hall and he's healthy, they're gonna be a defensive, a team of defensive wizards. Like, it'll be, it'll be fun. Because Lonzo's not anything to, uh, to smile at on the defensive end. I mean, he gets a steal here or there. I mean, he's not the best defensive. player. He's not but. the best defensive player, but he does care on his defense. And but he's not also like a terrible defender. So. And again, we're not sliding jaw for you folks out there, all you you crazy jaw fans, but. We're we're just highlighting the fact that there's a player out there that's transcendent to the game, and he just has he's the better player, the more physical talent. We all know if he played all year, it'd be him. And any other year, Jod probably win though. Yes, agreed. All right, so now, last and not least, the most fun one of them all, the most valuable player award. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, No one drew. He's gonna lead anyways. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> I mean, Chris goes, Middleton, goes with us. <laughs> Brad Wanamaker. Get out of here! With and <laughs> we're done. No, I'm just uh, so, to be honest, I'm curious because I have no clue whether or not I might actually have the same one as you, Tim. But I also feel like it's not going to be like that. But I, I'm going LeBron James. Yeah, I had a feeling that you had the same one. I mean, man, he, how old is the guy? 35 years old. He's leading the league in assists. More than just that. Yeah, it's... Dude, he's in the West. He's in the West, so you're facing the Western Conference and teams. That's he's, so much tougher. Look at him now doing the Curry curry crap where he's pulling up from half court. If someone's, as soon as oh, someone yeah. shows up, him, he, wants to be known he as pulls the back up, and he's, he's hitting those long-ass range threes. It's, yeah. He wants to be the logo. Maybe yeah. that's his indication there. Maybe I mean, I... I don't want to go too far into this because it's just it's LeBron James. Like I get Giannis and everything, but like Giannis is in the East, and come on, there's so much like weaker teams. In the East correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been watching Giannis pretty much get stopped the last couple of weeks. Like he's not regular. The Bucks Giannis. destroyed like, him. No, Bucks I think James Harden, James Harden's words got to him. I just think that it's it's you even saw against the Heat and. I mean, he played well against the Lakers, but LeBron outplayed him in that game, which is LeBron, why they won. LeBron it's, ate him alive. Yeah, it's. LeBron has a more complete overall game. To be honest, LeBron is the best player in the entire world. He's like the third best player ever. Sorry, the second best player ever. He is. He should win MVP every year. It's a tough discussion for me to have. I could go into why other guys should win it this year, but James Harden should have won it. Luka Doncic, his team's just doesn't. His team's not as successful as the Lakers. Yeah. Giannis, they're balling. I get it, but like. The only other person that could have been that threat. Could have been Kawhi Leonard if Kawhi Leonard was playing every game. If he played every game, they could even have a better record than the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. him and or George played, if he played every game and George played at like half as many, like 
a little bit yeah. more, like yeah. you miss only half the amount of games, they probably would have the best record. Well, and but PG, his his season's not even all that great. No, he hasn't been that good. Yeah, I mean he's still good. But That's like helping that Kawhi's case. He's been yeah. like at a lesser level for himself. Yeah. And before I saw Miami versus Giannis, and then LeBron cover Giannis, like that Miami game, I was that was my test. I was like, is he gonna get someone? Is he gonna get to the playoffs? And like, can he do it? Yeah. Giannis can, but once he has a matchup that kind of fit him, he, he struggled a little bit. Wait, so Drew, are you agreeing with me and Sam? I was on Giannis until I saw the Miami. I texted you guys. Remember, I was like, yeah. watch this game with Miami. This is it. Oh, yeah. Remember, I texted you, like, yeah. check the Miami game. And that's the one. I was like, got, right. They've got guys who, who like, the they, Miami thing was different. They built up for that. They got My, a bio Butler. Knew, but you got to get Iguodala. by. If you're Giannis, you got to get by Jimmy Butler or Crowder or even potentially Iguodala. Iguodala. And, then, and, and then down low, there's Bam. Yeah. Like, they're, honestly, I said it a couple weeks back. If I'm the box, I'm scared freaking of out of yeah. about Miami. I think every team should Home be court advantage might twist it. I think the Celtics can beat Miami. I yeah, think. I think we I think match up. I think we can beat Miami be, pretty well. I think, I think that could be each Miami team in the East has a. I th- yeah, I think each team in the East has a form of kryptonite in the form of one other team in, in the playoffs as well. So, like, you look at the Celtics. I think they could beat the Bucks. The home court advantage is different, but if the Sixers are fully healthy, they eat up the Celtics. They just they do for some weird reason. I think that Miami's the biggest threat to the to the Bucks. I think that. The Celtics are probably the biggest threat to the the Raptors, I would say. I think the Raptors are the biggest threat to Miami. I think the Pacers are overall just a team that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. If Oladipo is fully healthy, that's a yeah. team that could And he's never going to be fully wins. healthy again. He's never going to be old because that knee injury, like, it's never been seen before. But yeah. we'll see. I'm just saying that, like, each team in the playoffs has one team to be worried about in the East. Like, obviously, you're going to be worried about every team, but there is legit one team in the East that can beat everybody else. The one you, you get what I'm saying? But the one and two seed, the one and two seed basically has a bye. So like, I mean, look. I mean, at, we'll. Yeah, it's, it's the Nets and and uh, Orlando. The, yeah, the Nets. It looks will, like it's gonna land into those. But if three. Kyrie, if Kyrie ends up, wait, Kyrie's out for the entire. He's out right? for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if he could come back, he's not coming back. Yeah. He just got his coach fired too. Like he's he gave up on this team in this year. The Magic are just. I, I want to see uh, Marco Fultz in the playoffs, though. I want to see him. He'll get some experience. I want to see if he, he has I mean, the Magic team. have some guys that, like, I don't think he can win. I just want to see him play in the playoffs. Bucic, Gordon, if he decides to light it up like he did last year. I've always been a fan of uh, Fournier. Fournier, yeah. I like him, too. He's going to be a guy who wins the championship. Terrence the Ross has been doing well, too. one point or another, yeah. He could be a really good role player like, for another team, so... They're hoping they're banking on Fultz having potential. Then Vucevic stays. They're banking on Gordon being consistent at anything, basically. Gordon's gone after this year. Yeah, he's never been consistent. He should be gone. Anyways. He's he's being like a Jeff Green. He's like, look f- at all this he's potential, not a free agent and then he's not this doing year, it. Mm, I gotta double check that for later. But yeah, uh, I saw LeBron play on us. I saw. So LeBron, LeBron, I just, LeBron I just, LeBron. LeBron I, he's edged him in the last couple in the last couple weeks. I saw the Miami game and that like. It got me. It it's, recently got to me with the LeBron one. I was on Giannis for I so I was until long. the Miami game. And then you just realize, like, how tough the West is in general. And so you got to give a little bit more credit to the teams that are in the West, that are the top seeds. My because Nikolai, they're facing more people in the West. My Nikolai Jokic uh, MVP chatter at the beginning of the season really is holding up now well, isn't it, guys? Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, Especially yeah, after man. they lost to the Cavs yesterday. Really good call, Tim. <laughs> yeah, good job, bud. You suck. <laughs> Thanks, guys.
So I think we uh, we pretty much wrapped everything up with our opinions. Yeah, and I think for anybody listening, you know, it's not like we don't want to talk about the MVP, but I get I get to a point where it's at the end of the season and LeBron does what he does every year. It's a year after the playoffs, and it's like it's just you can't pick anybody else, man. It's it's kind of disrespectful to a point. I mean, the trophy gets handed out to someone different every year because LeBron could win it every year, but like this year, any though, real fan, any real basketball player, anybody who know. plays in the league knows. It's it's LeBron's the best player. A, a, a really Durant great. Durant in the past when healthy, Yo, he's next been year. really the only guy to give him a run for like his actual money. The other thing that's interesting too, um, and if LeBron is, had played healthy last year, sorry, real quick, if LeBron had played healthy last year and the Lakers, the Lakers were actually made, winning, yeah. Kawhi would have been uh, Kawhi deserved it last year, even though he didn't get it. But um, so I was talking to somebody before, and they told me if if you also look at it too, if you took away. LeBron on that team, the Lakers would make the playoffs. Anthony it's basically Davis like Anthony Davis. It's basically like Anthony Davis back on the Pelicans from like last year. Yeah, he it makes be them like better. That situation. He's making Davis better. Davis would look. Davis will have the same numbers, but he wouldn't be able to win, and that's what that whole situation is. And LeBron, just adding LeBron, boom, the Lakers they're number one in the West. And he's perfect on the pairing right there. Those two. Yeah. So everything kind of just lines up perfectly and. Boom, you got yourself LeBron James as the MVP, and he's really showing the true definition of an MVP this season. So, anything else you guys want to add in? or? Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing uh, playoff Kawhi versus playoff LeBron. I want to see Zion versus LeBron. Like, uh, I just need the Clippers to stay either two or three spot. Miami staying for play Milwaukee in the second round. That's all we want in Boston. Play Milwaukee, please. It'll work out to line up perfectly for us. Maybe somehow I'll get a Lakers Celtics. Yeah. That'd be something, right? I mean, Giannis just got an MRI on his knee. Hopefully he's not actually hurt, but... Oh, that reminds me. So I had this tweet, and I'm going to get, obviously, off off topic, but this is back when <laughs> the, the Warriors grabbed um, DeMarcus Cousins, and I tweeted, and I said, uh, I don't wish injuries on anybody, but... If the Warriors lose three of their starters, I wouldn't be mad. And obviously that ended up actually happening that season. Yeah. I gotta use this power for good and not for evil. But uh that was the only that was the last thing I wanted to say. And uh to wrap things up because we do need to enjoy ourselves some cake from from uh that we brought in for Tim because he's one year sober. Just wanna say congrats to you with that on here. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate and- it. And so, again, follow us on IG, uh, Imperfect Basketball. We'll always be posting stuff. We love the game. We love hearing feedback. Uh, and we always love the support from you guys, too. It means a lot to us. And uh, that being said, you got Pat. I'm Drew. And this is Tim. And stay imperfect, everybody. Peace.